You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. Hello, and welcome to Uncovering Hidden Risks, a new podcast from Microsoft where we explore how organizations can take a holistic approach to data protection and reduce their overall risk. I'm your host, Erica Tully, Senior Product Marketing Manager on the Microsoft Purview team. And now, let's get into this week's episode. Welcome to another episode of the Uncovering Hidden Risks podcast. In today's episode, we will talk about hidden risks behind running a multi-cloud strategy and how customers can think about this as they accelerate their digital transformation strategy. Let's introduce today's guest host, who will join us for the discussion. Daniel Hidalgo is a product marketing manager on the Microsoft Purview marketing team. Daniel, would you like to share a little bit more about your background and experience? Sure. Thanks for having me on, Erica. I'm grateful and honored to be here. Multi-cloud is top of mind for decision makers all around the world. And I'm grateful to be on this journey to help our listeners understand how to manage risks across multiple environments. In short, I focus on how we can help protect not just Microsoft, but non-Microsoft environments too. Our goal is to assist customers in achieving a digital transformation that is tailored to their specific circumstances. And given that 90% of companies have more than one cloud provider, that is where we want to meet them. Excellent. And also joining us today is our guest, Ashish Kumar. Ashish is a principal product manager for our customer adoption team and has 25 years of experience in the field of compliance and risk management. Ashish is the author of the new book, Managing Risks in Digital Transformation. Ashish, thanks for joining us on the show today. Would you like to introduce yourself to the podcast listeners? Sure. Thanks, Erica. And hello, Daniel. Thank you for having me here and providing me a platform to share the experiences around hidden risk, uh, which customers implement when they build multi-cloud applications. So I help lead our cloud posture management efforts, uh, which is directly related to cloud and multi-cloud efforts. In some ways, where our customers implement the applications in complex environments so that they're aware of these risks and we can have a safer digital world enabling every person, every organization on a planet to achieve more. Well, sounds great. With that, let's just dive right into the interview. So Ashish, to set this context for our listeners, could you please tell us what is multi-cloud and why it's important? Sure. So I think it's a it's a good opening question. Thanks for asking that, Erica. So today, organizations of all size, small or large, are moving to the cloud to meet their computing needs. Cloud itself is continuously changing. It's adding new capabilities like speech, AI. We often hear about ChatGPT as a new entrant there. So it is opening new ways of computing, enabling newer innovation for companies. So today, it's not just IT. The cloud, specifically the SaaS services, are consumed by the business users directly. Cloud platforms are also evolving to make use of cloud easier for both IT and non-IT users. Now, such democratic use of cloud results in large number of solutions, applications created by business and IT to serve business need. This does create a challenge for IT to ensure their business applications and solutions are protected. They keep working, trusting customer data in their applications in this world of uh, cyber incidents and cyber attacks. 
And when you build multi-cloud solutions using applications and data that reside in your organization network or on-premise, it's critical to have a view across whether it's on cloud A or B. And that's what it becomes fairly important to go in multi-cloud and have a secure implementation of these applications. So I love what you said on democratizing these technologies at scale. One question that I had that maybe our listeners also have is, is multi-cloud only referring to the concept of using multiple infrastructure clouds like AWS, Google, or Azure? Or is it more than that, Ashish? Not really. It's much more than that, Daniel. A multi-cloud application can use infrastructure, what we call it as IS, from one vendor. Uh, it could use PaaS or a SaaS service from another vendor to offer the functionality. Uh, example, you could, we all have used phone applications. So you could be using a phone application which does image processing or image filtering of the images that you take, while the storage could be a Google storage, which is a separate cloud, and the actual processing of the images might be happening on a virtual machine uh, out of Azure cloud, and it quite possible that the AI filters that you're applying on that image could be coming from another cloud uh, or your own captive data center uh, or a private cloud. And that's why it's much more than just the infrastructure part, Daniel. Daniel, I'm curious. I think we all understand the benefits of a multi-cloud environment, right? We're trying to give our end users the tools that they need to get their work done in the best possible way. But what are some of the risks when you operate a multi-cloud environment? Is it more risky than using a purely on-premises infrastructure? Or is it more risky than using a single vendor? What do you think about that? Yes. Yeah, so in short, it is more risky because you are covering more ground. You have more identities to cover. You have more services to cover across multiple clouds. However, the average enterprise infrastructure is now mostly cloud-based. And over 90% of companies already deploy some sort of multi-cloud architecture. So by embracing a multi-cloud strategy, organizations can be more resilient, improve their operational efficiency, and take advantage of the latest innovations that Ashish talked about, like AI and, and speech. Now, to effectively manage risks in a multi-cloud environment, there are really three key considerations. The first one is visibility. It is critical to have a view into what services you are consuming and from which cloud. And to do that, you need some sort of single pane of glass to view all resources, regardless of your cloud provider, so that you are effectively monitoring your overall risk exposure. The second one is really around automation, because it's critical to have almost a real-time view into the application configuration and the alerts that dive right into your monitoring system when changes happen that can cause a security threat. And obviously changes, updates, unauthorized access, and upgrades are part of any cloud application lifecycle. And lastly, threat intelligence, uh, because threats in the digital world are continuously evolving. Managing a multi-cloud environment without an eye on the emerging threats is like flying an airplane without the knowledge of the weather conditions that you're going to encounter. So it is important to have information on the risks affecting your environment so that you can keep it running safely and compliantly. Yeah, I think that's an interesting point of view. And certainly I can see the risks of having the larger attack surface or just a larger um, exposure 
with a multi-cloud environment. But, you know, I'd love to dig a little deeper into what you mentioned around real-time visibility. So Ashish, I was wondering, in your opinion, why is it important to have real-time view of your cloud configuration and associated threats? So Erika, the cloud, like I shared earlier, is today used by IT and non-IT users. They log in, they create services, and multiple services get created. So the challenge is you have so many users who are consuming cloud, both creating and servicing. You need a single pane of glass so that you can have a view into who's doing what. And cloud comes with a, a characteristics that you can create fast and kind of delete fast. So it becomes very critical to have a view into what's going on. The second is any application in the life cycle, there are changes that the IT team is making, the business folks are making. So you need to eliminate the blind spots with the changes that you're making. They create new risks. They could create new vulnerabilities based on the changes you've done. So you need a real-time view into the cloud controls, configuration, any misconfigurations that you would have done Changes like I spoke, which are getting done, could result into a new risk or vulnerability across virtual machines or cloud services. And this is what Daniel earlier spoke about, having a visibility. Ashish, I can totally see your point about having kind of this single pane of glass, if you will, to view your cloud environment. And I feel like that's something everybody knows that they want. But we're, it's, it's like we're not quite there yet, right? We can't quite achieve this vision of seeing all the risks perfectly in our cloud environment. Is there anything that customers could be doing today to set themselves up for like that single plane of glass view in the future and setting themselves up for success in a world where we have large language model AI assessing our risks for us and surfacing it in a pretty dashboard? Sorry, that's a good question. I'd rather say, Cybersecurity is not a configuration that you switch on or off. It needs to be managed. And it needs to be managed because the threats are evolving. The platform, like I said, the cloud is evolving. It's coming up with new controls. It's coming up with new innovation. So as I said, it needs to be managed. Hence, there is no on and off button. And it will be a continuous journey for the customer to look at what's changing in the environment and then managing their applications in that new threat landscape, as well as leveraging the newer innovation for their business. So if I could paraphrase, maybe setting up your foundational security and making sure that's running and maintained well in your cloud environments. And then Daniel, what other advice would you have for listeners that are looking to get started with a multi-cloud strategy to set up that foundation for success? Yeah, so there's no one size fits all, like you talked about earlier. But there are steps that you can proactively take for mitigating risks in this multi-cloud reality. And there are really five steps that our listeners can start thinking as they approach this. The first one is assessing your current infrastructure. Before you start planning your multi-cloud strategy, you should assess your current state and identify areas where multiple cloud providers could be beneficial. Uh, you should consider factors such as data sensitivity, application performance, scalability, and security requirements. Once you've assessed your current state, then step number two is defining your objectives. 
And uh, you need to have a clear set of KPIs for what you really want to achieve with, with this multi-cloud strategy. For example, like what is it that you really want to improve or change? Do you want to increase redundancy and availability? Do you want to improve performance and scalability? Do you want to reduce costs? Do you want to enable better data security? And that should help you really set forth to step number three, which is choosing those cloud providers based on your needs and objectives. Each cloud provider has its strengths and weaknesses. I'd love to say Azure is the answer for everything, but you should consider factors such as cost, performance, or whatever best meets your business needs. And then step number four would be to develop an integration plan. After choosing your providers, this plan can really outline how these clouds will work together. Uh, this should include a strategy for data management, for network connectivity, and for the application integration. And you should also consider how you will manage security and compliance across the clouds, hence that reference to the single pane of glass. And lastly, like Ashish mentioned before, it's about testing and optimizing. Once you've implemented your plan, you should optimize and monitor the performance regularly. It is important to review and make changes to ensure that the strategy continues to meet the ever-changing business needs. So I don't think multi-cloud's going away, right? So Ashish, I'm curious, for leaders that are in either security or in IT or another multi-cloud type role, what are some of the areas that they should look into now to prepare themselves for the future? Or what things do you think that they'll be concerned about a year from now? So Erika, the, the pace of innovation will keep on accelerating. And I'm fortunate to listen into conversations of multiple CISOs, DPOs, and other key stakeholders who are involved in multi-cloud decisions. So what comes top of mind is, you know, protecting data at all the times as it moves or get stored in different clouds. Now, second is while you do that, you got to be very, very kind of uh, laser sharp on the compliances and regulation that impact you and be compliant with them. Have automated tools, look into them, be compliant with them. Third is most of these, I would say, incidents occur or start from identity and misuse of identity. So it's fairly critical as you go into multi-cloud environment to have the user roles, permission, and identities uh, getting top, I would say, monitored. And then when we talk about monitoring, it's not just identities. When you're looking at multi-cloud, you got to have an eye, a radar into sensors, into what's going on on the network, what's going on in the API layer when two applications are talking across cloud. So that's very, very critical. And then I would say what most stakeholders also look at is, is the cloud provider himself meeting security requirement in doing enough from a shared responsibility model. So I think that would be the top one that I often listen from the key stakeholders. So I keep hearing from customers a similar theme, which is we have a small team, a smaller team than we would like to do all of this. And it seems like there's so much to do. Have you, in your work with customers, Ashish, seen any methods or focus areas or strategies that a customer has taken to essentially do more with a smaller team? 
Oh, yeah, Erika. So it's the same sentiments across small or large customers. In If you look at small customers, they have maybe less number of people doing more. And if you look at a large customers, they have large teams, but they have sufficiently large infrastructure to take care of. And, and this problem uh, gets compounded because you have, as, as we discussed earlier on the show, a lot of innovation coming too fast. So, and there are certain blueprints customer adapt to automation got created because you wanted to do things in a way so that you have less human effort going there. What we see today, the current innovation around AI and chat GPT is another pattern which is evolving and help us, whether in triaging the incidents like the recently released co-pilot from a security perspective, helps you save a lot of manpower and people and even the skill required, because it's not just about having people, it's also about having the right skills. Uh, so the patterns would be surrounded with automation, would be surrounded with AI, so that we can have, as you said, do more with less. So less number of people could be there. And resulting into, I would say, artificial humans, which I've absolutely spoken in my book, it could be that these are AI kind of workers who are actually not physical workers, but pretty much doing the same job, what you would expect a human to do. Yeah, and I like to think of it as do more with the same amount of people because there is so much to get done. I don't think anyone has to worry about there not being enough to do in security. I think, Eric, I'll say do more with people and virtual people. So whatever those virtual people would be called in future. Love it. So Ashish or even Daniel, anything else that I didn't ask about the topic or any final words of advice for our listeners? I think as we enter this highly, highly digitized era, we obviously can expect more innovation only to come and change the way we work, communicate, socialize, to just explore more capabilities of what humans can do and all of us can do. However, along these, I would say, advancements, would come risks which are both visible and invisible uh, that we need to be mindful of. Daniel, anything you would add? I think Ashish covered pretty much everything. The only thing I'd say is I would re-emphasize that there's just so much to do in the world of security, especially in this multi-cloud reality that customers face, that AI is really becoming that co-pilot that is going to free up time for the people in your organization to be focused on the most important things and be able to automate more of the manual processes. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Daniel and Ashish. That's about all the time we have for today. So to wrap up, we have a tradition on the podcast to ask, what is your personal motto or what words do you live by? So thanks, Erica. I think you asked it at a time I was just thinking about what to write about next. But let me say, we're very, very fortunate and we should welcome the shift that the entire society is kind of going into the direction. And as we embark on this journey, let's explore the new connection that will get created between us and machines, which could probably enhance our own existence, productivity, and promote the sustainability for our planet. And for me... It's be kind. For everyone you meet is fighting a harder battle. We are all human at the end of the day. 
and we are much more similar than we are different. And then the other quote that also sticks with me uh, is from my favorite show, Ted Lasso, be a goldfish. You know why the goldfish is the happiest animal on earth? It's because it has a five second memory. And I always remind myself about that. Don't dwell on the past. We all make mistakes. And, you know, it's all about having that five second memory and being able to move forward. Love it. Both great words of wisdom. So thank you again so much to Ashish and Daniel for joining us today. Really appreciate having you on the podcast. And thank you to our listeners for joining us. Thank you, Erika. Thank you, everyone. Thanks, Daniel. Thanks, Erika. We had a great time uncovering hidden risks with you today. Keep an eye out for our next episode. And don't forget to tweet us at msftsecurity or email us at uhr at microsoft.com. We want to know the topics you'd like to hear on a future episode. Be sure to subscribe to Uncovering Hidden Risks on your favorite podcast platform. And you can catch up on past episodes on our website, uncoveringhiddenrisks.com. Until then, remember that opportunity and risk come in pairs, and it's up to you where to focus. This week on the Microsoft Threat Intelligence Podcast. Join me to learn from our experts about how machine learning and data science are transforming the SOC. Be sure to listen in and follow us at msthreatentilpodcast.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts.